đời sông núi anh em ta đáp đời sông núi quyết bảo vệ sang sang ta thể chết cho quê hương at host my radio it's on on every monday and every friday and host my radio welcome to the show thank you and welcome to week episode of team cow my radio today merry christmas everyone and welcome to this episode so on a christmas episode i know um christmas i should be taking a break and should be you know just spending my day with my family or having a nice dinner i just did it's pretty good um thank thank you to my family for cooking dinner it was pretty good and there's not much we can report today but well we're going to be reporting as much as we can see what we can grab um and it's great for the past couple of so-called three years, close to three years or so, this year will be three. So I'm happy that we spent so much time on talking a lot about Hong Kong for the past three years. And of course, my radio show is nothing connected with Wong, Wong, Raymond Wong Man's uh, radio show, his show, My Radio Hong Kong. It's nothing, nothing connected, I just like his show. So hope you guys can check it out. I guess you guys can look at my English version, I should say. It's not connected, but I guess it would be something you guys can look at as well. And there's a lot of stuff going on, so hopefully you guys are able to catch up with your family and do your assignments. I know, you're saying, why do I care about the assignments? Now it's almost the end of it. Anyway, this is for winter term, so hopefully you guys are able to complete that. Anyways, now let's not waste any time. Let's get into the report. Make sure to tune in every Monday and Friday for our report. All right. Hong Kong Judiciary to test run live broadcast of hearings at top court in January. Hong Kong's top court will embark on a test run to broadcast proceedings online, starting with two hearings scheduled for January. The move, Hong Kong Judiciary said on Friday, will enhance the transparency of court procedures and public confidence in the judicial process. The test will, will test run We'll begin to, with two appellate hearings, one on January 10th and the other on January 16th at the Court of Final Appeal. Judiciary aimed to test the technical feasib- uh, feasibility of arrangements, including the audio-visual setup and logistical, and logistical and operational details before, during, and after the hearings, it said. The webcast will be publicly viewable on the Court of Final Appeals website via desktop computers or mobile devices with web browsers. However, viewers, including reporters, are not allowed to record the broadcast. Measures commonly found on streaming platforms will be implemented to deter unauthorized recording, screen capturing, and illegal distribution of the live broadcast footage. Anyone who records, edits, or rebroadcasts the live broadcast without permission it's liable for contempt of court or copyright infringement, according to the statement. The broadcast of the January 10th hearings will be available up to two days after the hearing date and three days after the January 16th hearing. Open justice is a key to maintaining public confidence in the judicial system and upholding the rule of law, the statement read. To enhance the transparency of court procedures and public confidence in the judicial process, the judiciary has been actively exploring the initiative of live um, live broadcasting of selected judicial proceedings outside court premises. 
according to the judiciary, note-taking in the use of electronic equipment for word pro um, processing purpose by members of the public is generally permissible in court, as long as it does not, as it does not, as long as it does not interfere with the due administration of justice. Chief Justice Andrew Chung first announced plans to livestream court proceedings during the opening of the 2023 legal year, saying live broadcasts were a natural way to naturally forward to further enhance the transparency of court procedures and public confidence in, in the judicial process. There is strong case for introducing live broadcasts to appellate proceedings, the top judge said in January, though criminal trials, particularly trials by jury and those involving <clears throat> vulnerable witnesses, may not be suitable for unrestricted broadcasts, um, broadcasting. Chen also said national security cases have already begun will not be considered. For, for, for future cases, a task force will decide the suitability of streaming arrangements, he said. I don't know. I don't know if they're going to also talk about the pro-democracy um, they're allowed to stream on that. I'm hoping that they can able to talk about that or even put it up. It would have been a better choice. At least what I think. Give me a break here. It would have been something that all the people in the public would want to know or want to hear. It would have been a good choice, at least in my opinion. Right? Disagree to disagree, but I prefer them live stream those kind of things so that we can all know what in the heck is going on. So let's talk about air pollution in China. So it's worsening in 2023 for the first time in decades. China's air pollution worsened in 2023, the first time it has done so, have done so in a decade, a study released on Friday said. 2023 is the first year that China's national average PM2.5 levels had increased year-on-year year since the beginning of China's war on pollution in 2013. A study by independent research organizations, the Center for Research on Energy and Clean Air, or CREA, said. PM2.5 PM particles, if inhaled, can have serious health risks linked to premature deaths and people with hearts and or lung disease, as well as a host of breathing or other and other health issues, according to the, the US Environmental Protection Agency or, a, or EPA. The overall the overall increase in health and human cost emissions have pushed the pollution level higher in addition to unfavorable weather conditions, Korea said. An international consortium of climate scientists said earlier this month in a separate study that China is expected to see a 4% rise in fossil fuel CO2 emissions this year with increases in coal, oil, and gas as the countries continue to rebound from its COVID-19 lockdowns. Chinese cities, including the capital Beijing, were once infamous for the thick smog that smothered their residents, especially in winter. But the country ramps up its anti-pollution campaign after winning the Winter Olympics bid in 2015, shutting down dozens of coal plants and relocating heavy industries. That has brought significant improvement, but air quality often remains below World Health Organization's standards. <clears throat> Laurie, I'm going to call her Laurie instead, because I'm not going to have to butcher her last name. Butcher this person's last name, sorry. What he said. A researcher at Korea told AFP that besides the pandemic, the Winter Olympics were an important factor that kept the anti-pollution efforts going into 2021. Both PM2.5 and ozone are still down from 2019 levels, he said. 
Korea said on Friday that 80% of provincial capitals, including Beijing, recorded increased to PM2.5 levels in 2023 compared to a year ago. Coal production and thermal power production in areas where the, where the PM2.5 standards was not was uh, was not met would have increased by 4.4% and 4.3% respectively on year indicating a larger use of fossil energy, the Finland-based independent research organization said. Korea based its findings on Chinese data, government data, as well as a machine learning algorithm that distinguished between the impact of weather and human emissions. A wave of severe pollution hit northern China in late October and November, where authorities warning residents to avoid outdoor activities. Beijing's concentrations of hazardous PM2.5 particles were more than 20 times higher than the World Health Organization guidelines during that period, according to air quality monitoring firm IQ Air. China is the world's biggest emitters of the greenhouse gases driving climate change, such as carbon dioxide. A recent jump in approval for coal-fired power plants have added to concerns that China will backtrack on its goal to peak emissions between 2026 and 2023 and become carbon neutral by 2060. So if you want to work on, in, on climate stuff or any of that, don't work with the CCP. That's just being, that's just common sense. Don't work with the communist government. What's there to work with anyway? When they can't even keep their freaking promise, they can't keep anything. So, so, if you ask me, would I work with them? No, they don't keep promises. So why would I, why would I promise to help them or anything? Oh, work with these guys. Unless they want to get in my face, say, oh, we do everything correct. What we did was right. I thought you said um, carbon emissions bad. But at the same time, the CCP, the CCP is using it. Chinese governments kept on using the same thing. And as much as people say, well, look at China's right now. The carbon emission is down. Look at the U.S. It's so bad that it gotten worse over time. Okay, I can, I can look at that, right? As much as you want to start kissing butts with the CCP and don't believe in what, what I see and what I know, we look at our system right here. It doesn't mean that we're getting better. It's still the same crap that we have to deal with anyway. This is something that the CCP tends to hide a lot. And this is something that is deliberately. Deliberately that they don't understand. And they're doing it just because they don't. their economy is slowly starting to falter. Barely any growth because of their crappy lockdown that they did. If they were not locked down and they used a much more, if they would have told the rest of the world about it, tell their own people about it, be truthful about it, it would have been a great, a best idea. It would have been, it, it would have not spread around the world. And then we end up having to deal with the lockdown crap that we have to deal with. And, and after the after your lockdown, let's see, to the CCP government, is this. Maybe don't lock down your country. Maybe don't lock down anything. Maybe let your residents tell the truth. Stop covering up stuff. Stop trying to lie. If you, because if you, because the thing is, if you start lying, you're not. It's not going to improve. Not only it's not going to improve anything, but it also makes you look like a horrible person as well. So this is this is why I don't get why they have to start lying to us now. People say, well, the United States lies. They talk about. They said that we're doing better than. Okay, have, here's what here's what the problems I have with that. As much as we 
like to make fun of us all day. We're trying to fix the problem here. We're trying really hard to fix the problem. We may not, you may not like what we do, but at the same time, we're trying. Activists are still trying to do everything they can push the carbon emission neutral um, neutrality in America. As much as I appreciate what the uh, what many activists here does, and I do respect them a lot, but 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 not the CCP. CCP is just nothing more than a authoritarian regime that won't willing to listen to anybody. I can take Vietnam for example. There are environmental problems a lot in Vietnam. Talk, people talk about it, and then we have and then we have the government just say, oh, they don't. They just need to let the government handle it. Oh, it's a government problem. This shouldn't be. People shouldn't be focusing on that. Anyway, let's get back into it. There has been a surge in Hong Kongers' urge to leave. What does that say about the city? Some people at the Chinese University of Hong Kong are still living dangerously. I infer this from an interesting piece of research report and a carefully phrased piece in the standard. This is on what you call a government-friendly note announcing an upsurge of citizens planning to leave on the ma- live on the mainland. It is not quite borne out by the ensuing story, but of course, we must not blame the reporters for that. The opening paragraph put it less strongly. One in five Hong Kong residents wish to live in the mainland, even that may have been pushing it a bit. Later, the desire to to wander had been diluted. Two would like, um, two would like to live in the mainland, which is sound hypothetical. Still, no doubt the original question was in the Cantonese one. So a boost for for integrate integration with the Great Bay Area explorations exploration of opportunities in the motherland and other worthy official aspirations then. Indeed it is. The numbers of people were based up with a with an urge to move north had almost doubled, according to Chinese University Hong Kong's um Hong Kong's Institute of Asian Pacific Studies to twenty percent. Further paragraph explored the reasons cited f- for leaving Hong Kong. Living costs, poor environment, pricey housing, and for some people, the stressful pace of life in our city. On the other hand, halfway down the story, we came to another interesting tidbit. The proportions of the 708 people um, sampled who report a desire to immigrate, which was 38%, more than 9 percentage points up from the figures last year. Overseas attractions cited more space, freedom, friends, or family members, Already there and cheaper living costs that I can that I'm gonna question on. Top dream dem- uh, destinations: UK, Australia, Canada, and Taiwan. The intriguing thing ab- about all of this that is surprising way things are moving are moving. Of course, mainland China has become a more attractive option as COVID-related travel restrictions fade into the backgrounds. The option has been has been regu- eagerly pushed as a patriotic choice, good for regional development and career opportunities, etc., etc. Immigrations, on the other hand, have not been encouraged at all, and in many cases involve having your retirement funds withheld. Despite this, tens of thousands of people have already done it, and this is a bunch of ungrateful mal- malcontent, are now presumably beyond the reach of Chinese universities posters. So it could be considered. Uh, considered rather ominous. 
that the numbers of people dreaming are semi-detached and sudden, or similar place, or some similar distance paradise, is still growing and now comprises more than a third of the population. Most of the surveys thought this was a war- this was a worrying trend for Hong Kong, and only eight percent of them had a positive outlook on the SAR's long-term development. However, the in- um, indefatigable reports they managed to find an upbeat ending. According to the census, pe- census people, the net, the net populations of the city is still increasing by about 2% a year, with 173,000 incoming migrants easily outnumbering immigrants. One can only hope that all these new arrivals like, um, like what they found. Really, this is a sad story when Hong Kong was a was a preca- uh, precarious colony, a third world enclave with high hopes. Of course, many people thought or dreamed of moving on to somewhere more prosperous. One of those high hopes were realized by many people changed their views of this place and came to see Hong Kong as a city with its own culture and values, in which one hope might hope to spend a rich and warring life, raise kids, and participate in a lively community. In just a few years, the picture has changed again. This is how, quote-unquote, happy Hong Kong, as the official propaganda puts it, where more than half of the population wishes to live somewhere else. One can sympathize without leaders in a way because it has become a very difficult become very difficult to establish what people think of them. This, of course, mostly their fault, with news outlets shuttered, inconvenient, inconvenient individuals jailed, exiled, and political positions reserved for government supporters. The chorus of approval is definitely. Are people really happy? It has became has become very hard to tell. Indeed, you have to wonder. As the Beijing sympathizers complete their takeover of the Chinese University of Hong Kong's governing council, how long the Institute of Asia's Pacific Pacific Studies will be allowed to go on conducting surveys, which may, which may produce embarrassing results. Now you may be asking what, what you mean by embarrassing result. Something that's only involved what the government says. Not, not something that's actually um, truthful, I should say. It's mostly something that the government wants. Not something that we see and what we know. To report for today, China may, may revise and improve planned gaming curbs after, sh- after stock sell-offs wipes billions of dollars from tech giants' value. Chinese authorities may revise newly draft online gaming rules, state, uh, state media report Saturday, a day after the announcements of the planned curbs triggered a sell-off in major tech stocks. The draft restricts, uh, restrictions tr- published by Beijing's media regulators on Friday sent shares in tech giants tumbling and wipes tens of thousands of tens of billions of dollars off their value, with industry um, leader Tencent tanking more than 12.0% in Hong Kong by the close. With regards to the concerns and opinions raised by all parties, the state press and publication administration will study them carefully and will further revise and improve them, the state broadcaster CCTV reports Saturday. Regulators may, con- may change the wordings of sections of the draft rules that limits games' ability to encourage daily logins and wallet top-up, top, um, top CCTV said. Beijing first moved against the gaming sector in 2021 as part of a sprawling crackdown on big big tech, including a strict cap on the amount of time children could spend playing online. An end to to a freeze in gaming licenses had raised hopes that the focus on the industry had subsided.
but in their current form, the draft regulations announced Friday are aimed at limiting in-game purchases and preventing obsessive gaming behavior. They also reiterate a ban on forbidden ga- online game content that endangers national unity, endangers national security, or harms national reputation and interests. What? Pops up, uh, pop-ups warning users of irrational playing behavior could, would all, will also be introduced. Since 2021, children under 18 years old have, have only been allowed to play online between 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays during the school term. Gamers are required to use their ID cards when registering to play online to ensure monitors do not lie about their age. The largest risk we see is how this draft indicates the Chinese government may, may want to regulate adult gamers spending on, on video games. In a similar manner to youth gamers, David Ahmad, director of Nico, uh, Nico Partners, told AFP, should future policies mirror these stringent measures, the industry could face substantial consequence, negative consequences, he said. China is the world's largest gaming market, and, and Tencent is the global, is a global leader in the, in the sector in terms of revenue. Friday's news wiped, out, uh, wiped around $54 billion off the company's share value, according to Bloomberg News. Here's what I'm, here's what I'm questioning. Why aren't the parents doing some? Why aren't the parents the ones? Why can't the government just let the parents deal with it? Why do they need to do it on the parents' behalf? What a waste of freaking time! And it's just, it's just more and more ways that the government can control you even more. Don't believe what they say. Oh, they're doing it for children. No, they're not doing it for the parents. They're not doing it for anything. They're just doing it for national, for themselves. They say national security, national unity, and stuff like that. What do you mean by that? It doesn't cause any problems. Of course, the only thing that caused problems with is being kids being too addicted to games. We know that. We don't stand that. But this is up to the parents can deal with it. Not a government. People say, well, that sounds like a good idea. Why don't, why don't U.S. have that kind of thing? Why don't we control it? Because that restricts people's rights, okay? It's, it's their... It's their it's your, well, it's kind of a privilege if you ask the parents, okay? It's kind of a privilege to play video games. If, they, if the parents can take it away, they can take it away. It's kind of driving, you know, and it's used as a privilege, and you guys not right. The thing says, this is something that this is something that parents should be handling. Like I said, parents should be handling it, not a government official. It just makes no sense to have a government continuing continually to basically jump into the bandwagon and say, "Hey, we're gonna control, we're gonna we're, we're stopping kids from playing games too much." Yeah, we're, we're helping out here. I'm like. I don't need it. I can do it myself. I've been doing that for a while, and it's been successful. I don't need you guys telling me. You know, like, so you means you don't care about the children? I care for my children as well. So it means I've already been restricting them from playing too many video games anyway. So for you to say, oh, you can't control your kids. I've already been doing that. Imagine this. I've been doing this already. I've already been stopping them from using too, from playing too much. I gave them a couple of times only. So for the government, they can't, they can't, you can't tell me that, oh, the government should be the one who's doing it. It's like, who gets a crap? Let's let the government do with it. I don't need them doing it for me. I'm, I'm just, I'm just being honest with you. For, for them to do it, it's just, it just, it just destroys the aspects. 
of us having video games for kids and then having them doing it. Of course, we don't want them to play games that are literally not uh, age-appropriate for them. Sure, we know that. We do know about that. But as of right now, we don't need a government. For me, it's just, sorry, thank you for the thing, government, but no thank you. We don't need you telling us what we can and can't do with our kids for now. Alright, back to the report here. The presidential election and parliamentary election is coming up, ne- coming up in about next month or so. So we're going we're gonna, we're gonna to talk about that. Chi- Taiwan detains one for fabricated t- January election polls. Taiwan's authorities have detained one person for fabricating opinion polls, which prosecutors said Saturday would intend to influence next year's election. Democrat Taiwan will hold presidential and parliamentary elections in January, which will be closely watched from Beijing to Washington's result could shape future relations with China. Taiwan's officials have repeatedly warned of instances of election interference linked to China, which claims the South Rural Island as its territory. In Taiwan's southern city of Kaohsiung, prosecutors questioned four people on Friday for allegedly spreading fabricated presidential polls through various news outlets and social media platforms. Citing bank accounts transaction as evidence, they detained Su, a man identified only by his family name, for violating election and anti-infiltration laws. The candidates and parties have that fabricated opinion polls favored were not identified. Perseus also said Su was a chief consultant of a new residence association, a community association for newcomers to Taiwan. The association was accused by prosecutors earlier this month for arranging free trips to China for dozens of voters in bid to influence elections. They aim to use ta- Taiwan's large res- new residence population to develop organizations that could be controlled by these hostile foreign powers to influence the current election, thereby endangering national security, prosecutors said je- Saturday. Last month, Pr- Premier Chen Qingjian warned that warned the Taiwanese public not to uh, to be mindful of this of the message used in election interference and not to fall into China's trap. Relations have plunged in recent years as China has stepped up pressure on several Taiwan, sending in near-daily tr- um, incursions of warplanes and, na- and naval vessels while trying to isolate the islands internationally by poaching its diplomatic allies. So I don't know why the Chinese government cannot just leave Taiwan alone or just let Taiwan handle the problems themselves. This is Taiwan's affairs. So we don't need so we don't need the Communist Party to jump in to jump in something when it's not yours. It's basically putting your hand in the cookie jar when it doesn't belong there, kind of thing. So to CCP, you shouldn't be involved. Get out of Taiwan. Get out of Ta- the Republic of China. Stop interfering in the election and stop hand and stop interfering in Taiwan's affairs, okay? Just don't just don't do it. I'm, I'm begging you. Stop it. I just ain't begging. Just telling you quit it. Knock it off. Stop acting like a little five year old child. Grow up a bit. And also thank you for tuning in guys. If you guys enjoyed the podcast, make sure you tune in every Mondays and Friday for our podcast. Of course, um we're doing this Christmas uh, report today. Not much of the Christmas stuff, more just reporting what we're gonna report. So I hope you guys are enjoying that. And there's more coming up on Friday. Hopefully there's something we can try to report on. And that's it for today. And we'll talk more next time. This is Team Count My Radio signing out. Hope you guys have a great holiday, guys. Take care.
Chronicles My Radio. It's on on every Monday and every Friday. Chronicles My Radio. Welcome to the show. Thank you.